This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in the day? Which, by the way, is quite laughable because me and Jenny were just talking about how we don't have a spare minute, let alone hour at the moment. But we need to make time for it. We need yeah. the, we need that space to do something right. I think, or just have a moment. I, I like to think I'd go for a run. I'd do some yoga. But I think I might just sit in a chair and stare blankly <laughs> at a wall. <laughs> That's the reality, isn't it? You get a bit of time and you think all the things I could do, but no, I'll sit and watch mind-numbing television, which doesn't actually serve you in any way. And it would be time better spent um, talking to a therapist. I do therapy. I'm very open about it. And it's changed my entire life. When you're really busy, when you're trying to get your thoughts in order and organise your brain and, and look after your mental health, as a busy mum, it's totally impossible. But when you have a conversation with uh, a trained expert therapist and they give you tools that you need, it just makes it so much easier. And you know what? As a parent, you feel looked after, which is a rarity these days. Absolutely. What, you mean it's more beneficial than watching the Kardashians or something, Jenny? Yeah. I I'm yes that I am saying oh, yep I'm shocked. Uh, we know that therapy can be quite daunting so if you are thinking of it of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online it's designed to be convenient which is what we need flexible and suited to your schedule you just fill out a brief questionnaire to, questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge with over 1,000 therapists as well in the UK already BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash two new mums. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash two, two, W-O, new mums. Is your baby still in there or have you had it yet? Still there? It's still there for now. Yeah, what about yours? Yeah, I think so, but I feel like... It, it, I feel like it's happening every other minute, like potentially. So not being dramatic or anything. Anytime there's a slight twinge or anything, because we don't know yet what labour feels like. Uh, you are on high alert yeah and I feel you know you learn all these early labor signs but anything that's just a bit different last night I was convinced I was going to labor I don't even know why I couldn't tell you why I just just felt a bit different I just thought (laughs) oh no this is it Uh, (laughs) but yeah uh but the end is nigh this is um well this is look potentially our last episode before we had the babies because we're now um about just over a week away from our due dates Oh so my gosh. when this goes out, yeah, just over a week. So it could be, any, it does feel like it could be any minute now. And um, my baby, two people commented at the weekend that my baby, wha- they were like, whoa, that baby's dropped. Um, 
which, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk to actually midwife Pip, who we've got on our expert today, who's a brilliant midwife. Um, I've got I've got some questions because, uh, yeah, suddenly there's been a shift in my body and it's sort of created a slight shift in my mind. The nerves are kicking in, Jenny. I'm not going to lie. Are they really? Um, it's it, but it, it is now all you you can think about. Like, there's no way I can even think about when he's here because it's so imminent now. The birth, totally. And I think as well. Um, because I'm, I think, well, it could be any minute now. It's quite hard planning around that, you know, and I, I am still working. <laughs> I'm still working at the weekend and stuff because, well, because you don't know if they'll be late and, you know, we're self-employed, by the way, class does, and so we won't get into that. But yeah, so, you know, it's not like we have weeks and weeks of maternity um, pay and stuff. So I, it's just a, it's just weird, the not knowing. I think that's creeping in a bit. Yeah, you're right. It, and it is that the work thing is definitely a thing because we don't get maternity pay. So you and I have both, you know, done loads on the run up. We've pretty much booked ourselves until our due date. <laughs> and everyone's telling me off for that. Like my mum's livid that I'm doing so much. But Same. then if you go over and you're sat twiddling your thumbs, you're going to think all oh, that work I could have done. I know. And also, I can't bear sitting for a start. Mm. It hurt. Like to sit down is just annoying and apparently my midwife said not really very good for the babe the best thing is um you know to be sort of walking around and keeping a bit busy and if I've got energy I mean you know my nesting has been aggressive over the last couple of weeks and um I managed to paint the front fence you'll be pleased to know well done because um, you were really worried yeah. about bringing the oh, baby home and them going oh what's oh, this, this place you brought behind <laughs> look at Dump. the state of that fence Oh, you missed a bit over there. There is a couple of panels I'm worried that they'll notice I've missed. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I just think, um, yeah, that's 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 where we're at. So, I mean, it could be it could be any minute now. It could be during this recording journey. We just don't know, do we? Oh, my goodness. <sighs> that's that's yes. the um, the um, adrenaline junkie in me loves it, though. Like I'm someone that I don't mind going low on petrol because I'm like, will I make it to the petrol station? <laughs> I live for stuff like that. And this is you kind of that. dramatic birth. Yeah, you want I, a side of the road birth, don't you? I was in Ikea at the weekend and it suddenly dawned on me as I was surrounded by people getting a bit of lower stomach pain in, the, you know, the middle bit where you're in the middle bit and it's as far that way as it yeah. is that way to get out. And yeah, I was surrounded one. by um, sofas at that point. Kinda. I suddenly thought if oh. my waters break here, worst place imaginable for your waters to break. And I had visions of them laying down, you know, the blue Ikea bags and me having yeah. to like lay on them. I don't know. I've got, I've got a worse one for you because you have got beds around you and you've got meatballs. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still been getting the tube and the thought of being <sighs> in the middle of a journey uh, and that happening would be quite something horrific oh. i might swerve it this week i might, I might drive because i don't i don't think there's anything worse than being on a packed and they're getting really busy and it's been hot as well a hot busy tube uh, no yeah well, that please send you into labor stop that stop yeah. going on the tube you're so <laughs> pregnant don't do that because as well it's more like it's not even the um awkwardness of like your water's going or you being in pain it's the brit in you isn't it you don't want to cause a fuss on the no on i don't want tube. to cause a fuss but also i'm enjoying like the hospitality of being pregnant on the tube you always you get you get a seat there's always someone that offers you a seat you get the best seat so just trying to make the most of it um 
Oh dear, how bizarre. Anyway, hello, welcome to Two New Mums. You've just joined us, sponsored by The Baby Show. We're also their official podcast partner for their live event. The next one, by the way, is at the NEC in Birmingham between the 13th and 15th of May. Their events are the nation's largest shopping destinations for all things baby. You can compare, try and buy products and enjoy loads of discounts from hundreds of brands. Keep an eye on their website and social media for updates. We really wanted to be at the um, show in Birmingham, didn't we? But mm. we're, we're going to probably be knackered. <laughs> we, it was discussed. It, you know, we had a lengthy discussion with them, didn't we? And we were like, well... I mean, it's, it's what, a month after our due date. So it, it kind of depends when you give birth. But yeah, I feel like I just don't know what I'll have to, have to offer at that point. You know, yeah. it, it would be very raw. Um, yes. And probably Ooh. with two newborn babies and two frazzled looking women, no doubt. So <laughs> I think it, we were like, do you know what? Maybe not. Uh, but we'll, very we'll good, see. Very good <laughs> descriptive words there. You said raw and frazzled. And I feel like <laughs> that's our future. Those yeah. two words. Yeah, well, it would be if we left the house. I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah. So it seems weird thinking about this now, but you know, we are the, we're the two podcasters that fell pregnant two days apart. I, I'm not even going to say not a clue between us. That was our initial line on this, but I feel we're quite we're quite educated up until this point now. Um, so whether you're on your fertility journey or you're currently pregnant, you're undecided about kids, uh, then you're in the right place. Um, speaking of that as well. Just really sweet is my cousin, um, my youngest cousin messaged me the other day saying, I've been desperate to tell you that I'm pregnant. She's 15 weeks. Oh. And um, she was like, I've really been itching to tell you because the podcast really helped because she's it's her first baby and she doesn't know anything and she's been oh. um, enjoying it and learning as she goes. And I was like, well, yes, yeah, so have we, which is amazing. But um, yeah, so congratulations to my, to my little cousin. But can I just... <laughs> Do you know what's hilarious, Jenny? She's she's one of these triathlete types, really oh, fit. Like, oh, super fit. So we're having a chat about the first trimester and she was saying, oh, you know, yeah, I felt a bit rough and all that. And um, hilariously, I said, well, you know, I couldn't carry on. You're obviously very fit. I'm sure you'll be fine. I said, you know, I tried to keep up with exercise. I couldn't do training, but I did uh, yoga and swimming and, and walking the dog really helped me. I've enjoyed that throughout pregnancy. And she said... Yeah, well, I've got a marathon next week, so I'm going to see how I get on with that. No, what? Uh, so that'll be 16 she's doing weeks. An, she'll be 16 weeks doing an actual marathon. No, well, okay. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Bravo. But how on earth? I, I mean, just putting on things to run in, like lycra <laughs> clothing, would feel like a marathon at yeah. 16 weeks. I mean, that's, it's just I how, like, how rough I felt in that first trimester, even if you're just coming out of it at 15 weeks. A marathon! I was like, you're a you ridiculous human being. I just Googled, actually, because another friend of mine, um, she is actually a personal trainer, but she's she got pregnant with her third baby, and she found out she was pregnant the day before she did an Iron Woman. <laughs> and oh she still did it. What? Yeah, no. I need to stop hanging around with these people, don't I? It's really... <laughs> I thought I was great because when I didn't realise I was pregnant, it must have been like I was a few weeks pregnant. Me and Christian, it was a really sunny day and we did one of, the, we did one of those, you know, like inflatable obstacle courses in the middle oh. of a lake <laughs> yeah. and we did that and I was like I'm basically Wonder Woman because I yeah. did that but no yeah. not compared to these ladies wow I know well I just can't even imagine running because the weight of the baby <laughs> for quite some time has been really heavy I just had a quick look at Paula Radcliffe because I remember she ran I was like when did she run up to on a pregnancy get this 
Paula Radcliffe, the British distance runner who holds the world record, da-da, ran throughout her pregnancy last year. She even ran the day before she gave birth to a healthy baby. And then right. 12 days after the birth. What are what? you doing for the rest of us there? No, because I'm using every excuse right now to <laughs> yeah, milk massages yeah. every night. Oh, I couldn't possibly go to the shop. You're going to have to go for me. All Take this stuff. Take the time off, Paula. Just, Paula, have a break. Give it a rest. Put your feet up. Your ankles must have been swollen after but, that. <laughs> swollen. Um, <laughs> I just physically can't imagine running. I mean, I'm waddling like a penguin. It's just so funny. My um, gosh. Do you know what? Um, something I read as well, amazing, because I was reading how the day apparently you go into labour, uh, which could be very soon for us, you get this burst of energy. And a lot of people say that uh, on their labour day, they did like a big dog walks, big shops, and the, or cleaned the house from top to bottom and all this weird stuff. You know the new Disney film, Encanto? I'm not aware of it. I'm not big on Disney, but... You will be. (laughs) Oh. Um, It's the big one that everyone's loving right now. And one of the big songs in it, I can't remember what the name of the song is, but it's it's like the song. The actress who recorded it, recorded it whilst she was in labour because she had to get it done. So she did that whilst in labour. And I'm like, my gosh, if she's capable of that, then surely I can just get through it. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a different way. I mean, I know we're working close up to the labor the due dates, but that's I'm thinking as soon as I go into labor, I'll probably give them probably let them know I'm done. Um <laughs> she's probably going to wait it. That's just showing off, you know, if anything, I isn't know, it? I know. I know, but how they say don't they like in your labor you make weird sounds and you'll possibly be yeah. mooing and stuff. So that'll be our reality, but there she is singing this beautiful song that young kids are singing in the playgrounds at school. It's amazing. The mooing thing's interesting. I was chatting to my friend who's had two kids the other day and she said she had a really stern midwife who said to her, you know those noises you're making? They're just using up energy. She thought, wow, that's harsh. And then she realised that actually she was right. Well, and that but... You, you, I said, but are they not... The noise, you know, noises, are they not sort of um, involuntary? And she went... She said, kind of, but you can stop them and actually you do realise that gives you more energy. So I, I don't know, right, because... I've I've got a lot of tattoos and um, some have been really, really painful. Like my hand and in between my fingers and stuff was really painful. I'm not saying it's going to be comparable to childbirth, but it would really hurt. And my midwife said to me the other day, a lot of women, like when, when, you, when your labour starts, people think, oh my gosh, how can I keep this up for however long? But like a tattoo, if you sit for like an eight hour tattoo session... You just do it bit by bit and you go bit by bit and bit by bit and you stay in the moment with that bit of pain and you get through and you breathe through and all that. I have to make noises when I get tattooed. So I'm the the person in the studio where there's all these cool people around going, because it's the only thing that I can do to distract (laughs) from the pain. So no, if someone tells me I'm wasting energy, I will tell them that they just need to deal with it because... I really honestly think noises are going to help. I don't know. I don't know. I think if you're breathing, though, how are you going to be making noises? I mean, it depends. Earlier, I felt really short of breath and I found myself going, oh. <laughs> Where? Where were you? I was in the garden, Jenny. I've had, I've had a really... T- <laughs> I did too much this weekend. I've been shattered today. But I sat in the garden making these wailing noises and I was like, bloody hell. So who knows? <laughs> do what you got to do, I think. You do you. <laughs> You do you. Yeah, but um, 
but yeah other than that yeah i'm feeling i mean you i know you feel ready you want you you want this baby to come now don't you i'm still holding out i'd like another i'd I'd still like my couple of weeks but i've got a fit i keep feeling it's gonna happen any minute i really do yeah i think you've got to be ready but you know I, i get why you want these last couple of weeks i do i'm just so done with being pregnant and i'm just i'm checking for that mucus plug every day honestly <laughs> it's almost like i've got I great s- delivery coming and i'm looking out the window every every toilet visit i'm like are you there mp no she's not I, there yet. i had a feeling the other day though i was like oh i'm gonna really miss it because i like having a bump and then i thought i thought what if i just wanted to get pregnant but i didn't actually want to have a child oh um, my that, <laughs> that crossed my mind and i thought oh dear that could be awful no, it's true though, is it? You have these thoughts when it gets really close. We, it must be our mind preparing us where you just yeah. suddenly think, is and this going to be I suppose all right? With, yeah, and I suppose I got so fixated with getting pregnant. Maybe that was it. I didn't really think about the child. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is all encompassing at the moment. The dreams are weird. I mean, oh. it's all, what is going on? Oh, the dreams, the the... The need to wee in the night as well. I know people said it would ramp up, but for me, it's like immediate. It wakes me up and I have to get to the toilet quickly. I feel like the child, um, when it moves sometimes, it literally, it kicks my bladder. Yeah. It moves my bladder and I'm like, whoa, okay. Have you seen a picture of what the bladder looks like when the bump has dropped? No, I think that's where I'm at now. Do I want to Google this, Jenny, or not? It's it's just flat. It's basically completely (laughs) flat. It's ever so weird. Oh, Um, it doesn't exist much anymore. No, but that's what we're Mm. dealing with. I'm just, like, I was talking to some of my friends and they're like you. They really liked having a bump. They really liked being pregnant. For me, well excited for the next chapter, but pregnancy is not for me. Like, it's, I'm just just over it. Yeah, Yeah, really over it. Fair enough. Well, it's not long to go. Um, I know you've got your hospital bag <laughs> to chat about our hospital bags the other day. I've got a small backpack. Um, uh, what have you got, Jenny? I've got a suitcase, and it's not okay. even—it's not even like a small one that you could take in hold luggage. Is it's, it a long haul suitcase? Yeah, it's one you'd have to check in and get weighed, wow. and um, and it's still not enough. We've got an overflow backpack on the go now. What? Amy, the lists they give you are so long. There's so much stuff. Yeah, but I think they're ridiculous. I just think there's so much on there that is so unnecessary. I want to keep it simple. And I'm like, I don't want to be faffing around in a bag with a load of stuff. Like, I've gone for the real essentials that I think I'm going to need. And people people repeatedly have said, you know, maternity pads and your baby grows and your, um, what are those things you put on your shoulder for the baby? Oh, muslins. Muslins. I ain't even Um, put them. What? Uh, that, big knickers um a nursing bra i mean i'm only taking a, a couple of each i'm not expecting to be there for a month I know. you know, I know. <laughs> i've got it's, some it's... snacks in there bought some breakfast bars although i tucked into them the other day so i need to re- <laughs> i need to replenish them and so did i, I um... bought lucas saying that i drank it all the yeah buzzing on electrolytes <laughs> <laughs> and some a few I, I did chuck some oils in there I just, you know, I'm just like, they'll have everything else, sure. I just think you can go, there was an obscene amount on some of the lists I've seen, and I'm like, oh, come on, I wouldn't pack that for a four-month holiday. Yeah, we but, are going to look like we're going, when we're leaving the what, house, like the neighbours you... will look at us and think, oh, who's watching their house? Because they're obviously going to What else is in your suitcase? Um, a dressing gown, that's taking up a lot of room, What's I'll be honest. What's the point in that? 
I just, I just thought it'd feel nice. I just wanted, you know, it's if gonna I get be cold. warm. You're in a hospital. Do you know a hospital or like a labour suite or a birthing centre, whatever? I don't need uh-huh. a bloody dressing gown. That's mental, Jenny. That's taking up a lot of room. That one's taking up a lot of room, but it's it's really nice. Um, I've got um, a matching little leaving the hospital outfit. You know, like just comfy trousers and jumper. Oh my God, that's cute. Um, I will be leaving the hospital in whatever I'm wearing at the time when I go to the hospital. No, you won't, because what if it's a mess? What if it's got mucky? It's going to get mucky. I'll go home in a hospital gown. I don't care. (laughs) I just don't care. My friend said to me, have you got a nighty? Because, um, you know, if you have an operation, (laughs) the the pyjamas won't be comfy. I was like, of course I don't have a nighty. I'm not 80. And also, and then I looked at night. She was like, yeah, but you'll bin it. Get one for Primark. I looked online. I couldn't even find a nighty. No. And she said, oh, you know, and then for the pictures, you might just be in a hospital account. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> Maybe I should care more, but I'm just like, I want to focus on the birth and the get, not my outfits. And yeah, I know well, it's not outfits, but it just seems so unnecessary. I haven't got a nighty. I'm not Florence Nightingale, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Victorian, but I have got like big baggy t-shirts. So that's what. Yeah. Fine. That's yeah. fine. That's. I actually don't know what's taken up all the room. I really don't. I have to go through. Well, the it one hospital list I saw, it suddenly had all the stuff that the men need. I was like, he can sort his own stuff out. I'm not his <laughs> mum. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why has he got a list for them? Yeah, I don't care. He can wear what he likes. He's not doing anything. Spare pair of oh. jeans. <laughs> he can nip home if he likes, or go shopping, buy oh. something, whatever. Oh my no, gosh. so we'll get. Let, can you can you get a picture of your hospital bag, and I'll get one of mine, and we'll post them on social because I want to see this. This is definitely. Funny. I, I did create. I haven't done my playlists yet, the music, oh, but okay. I have done uh, an album that I called Happy. This is for oxytocin levels in labour. It's 128 videos of the dogs, and I told Christian, and he said, "Am I in any of them?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> it's just the dogs." <laughs> That's really funny. I might do that. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Oh, my TENS machine as well. That is in there. Um, yes. And if you want one of these, if you want a TENS machine, we were talking about the other episode, Jenny's gone and sorted out a little discount code, haven't you? Yeah, so these are meant to be amazing. And um, I've spoke to a couple of midwives recently and they've all said to me, because um, I think you're the same, aren't you, Amy? Our, our birth plan initially is to not, take too much pain medicine that's that's plan a obviously you don't know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen but this is like really really helpful if that's kind of what you're aiming for in your plan so this is a baby care tens so just go to babycaretens.com and our code is 10 tnm so one zero tnm and you get 10 percent off so you can hire from there or you can buy so you've got options that's baby care tens we'll share it on our social media and stuff yeah get stuck in right well um with our inevitable birth it only made sense that we had a a proper expert on yet again uh midwife pip is brilliant you might follow her on instagram go and check her out if you're not at midwife underscore pip go and follow her there she's another one of these he's got these great little videos where you just learn nuggets of information that you really need um and we've got some questions and some of your questions um we get answered there This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. 
Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So please welcome two two new mums, someone much needed right now. It's midwife Pip. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You are very needed. We are so close to our due dates now. Just being on this chat with you is making me feel calmer. Yeah. Oh, we can definitely do some virtual birthing if either of you decide that now is the time to pop. Do you think, do you think you could, uh, yeah, do you know what? I've got to admit, Pip, like the more that, you know, birthing's, the whole thing's quite intimidating the first time. Um, but the more I have learned from chatting to experts, you know, people like you and, and even watching your Instagram videos, things like that are so helpful um, that I feel better informed. And I feel like, well, if it did happen at home, I, I sort of know what I'm doing, but how would that work? Like a Zoom birth? Do you think that was happening a bit over, um, you know, sort of around the pandemic, people who couldn't get into hospital maybe that's the new home birth can you imagine I mean I did keep saying to my manager that if she needed to furlough someone I was happy it was the sun was shining my husband was at home um, <laughs> so I should have suggested that actually um I mean it's not really practical I suppose and no. people don't generally like the mess on their own carpet so they try and make their way into us but we could we could try it out for the purpose of today I mean I'm always down for new stuff <laughs> I bet there was lots of birth partners on FaceTimes and stuff mm. like that, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, and actually, I've looked after women before who've got partners that are like in the military or something, so they can't attend for other reasons, like oh. outside of COVID. And we've had like someone holding holding an iPhone down the business end so they can watch their baby be born. <laughs> we can improvise. Oh my, that's quite an important job for the person holding the phone. <laughs> isn't it pressure <laughs> yeah it's like the person that has to film a wedding it's too much pressure there. <laughs> you only get one shot as well <laughs> wow so I mean the first thing I did want to say Pip so because we are yes we're due in just under two weeks now yesterday I saw I saw my mother-in-law and then a friend who I'd seen the week before and she's got a couple of kids and they both went oh your bumps dropped and I thought, okay, I hadn't really noticed. I did notice a bit more pressure on my bladder. Does that mean, so in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into labor in the next 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> does that mean at this point, do I have more time? I've got it in my head that this baby is coming any minute now, but is that is is that true? If the bump drops, how long do you have? Or is it, again, you still don't know? I'm gonna be the bearer of really bad news, oh, but God. it doesn't mean, don't look scared, don't look scared. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't mean that you're going to give birth like now or tomorrow. Okay. Um, generally, what happens is your baby will engage in your pelvis. So they can't be born, obviously, if their head's still in your abdomen, it needs to go into your pelvis. And they'll do that anytime really from like 34 weeks up until you're in labor. Okay. Um, it doesn't tell you like today's the day or this week is the week. But it is a good sign that your baby's thinking about things, your body's getting ready, they're getting low down. I always say to women, your cervix could be fully dilated, but if your baby's head's high, they ain't coming out. So the fact that they're starting to go low down is, is a really great sign that your body and baby are starting to think about preparing. But don't be impatient. I know it's really hard and I was guilty of this as well, but we put so, we pin so much on that like due date, don't we? Like it's our due date, where's our baby? But actually 37 to 42 weeks is a normal gestational period. But it's, I know it's really hard not to get impatient. 
I think in my pregnancy, I managed to be quite patient until I hit my due date. And I was like, well then, where are you? Come on, come on, let's go, let's go. Cause you know what you've got coming, don't you? So you're like, right, let's get on with it. But we have to try and be like, just relax, plan nice things, be nice and patient. Cause if we're stressed, probably not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah well, I, I know, Jenny, you want to have your baby any minute now. I actually do want <laughs> it to be late because I, I'm still I'm enjoying this time of just sort of getting everything ready and knowing I'm quite well prepared. And I think I'm actually starting to feel quite nervous about the, the birth and just having another human here. It's sort of hit is getting a bit real. So I'm like, oh, I'm happy for this to go on for another two months. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's weird because you've been really at ease this whole pregnancy, Amy. Are you yeah. getting nervous now? Yes. Yeah, I've been super, super calm, Pippa, and I've just been like, oh, you know, I, what what will happen will happen. But I think the sort of inevitability of it actually happening, I am, yeah, I'm nervous and I really don't want that to hinder the birth. Is there anything, you know, I'm, I mean, presumably that is very normal, isn't it? You know, I've never given birth, but um, is there anything you can do to sort of, I, I, I guess, just relaxing, isn't it? But yeah okay nerve, nerves are totally normal but can I just throw a question back to you guys I don't know mm. if this is allowed on when I'm invited onto your podcast to ask you a question um <laughs> but tell me why is it that you're feeling like nervous or anxious about birth what what is that that's making you feel like that why what, what are you nervous about I think for me it's knowing it's a lack of control and even though I've done hypnobirthing and I've read everything I think it's suddenly knowing that like my body's potentially going to take over and what if because I have been calm what if actually that goes all out of the window and I mess it up I feel like because in my head I've prepared for this very um calm you know deep I'm going to breathe this baby out and then it's the sort of realization of what if I don't um mm. that's crept in yeah and then that's that's something honestly that I hear like all the time and the reason I ask you that is because I always find it really interesting when we talk about birth and fear because it's not it's not our faults that we're fearful or anxious about birth and I think probably 90% of women especially having their first baby would admit to feeling some degree of anxiety or tension which I find really interesting because we live in a world whereby childbirth is safer than ever right mm -hmm. like back in say my my grandparents generation childbirth was really dangerous like women actually died giving birth that just doesn't happen anymore like it's so safe yet pretty sure my grandma wasn't fearful of giving birth but nowadays we are fearful and that i think is because of what we see in the media hmm. all we're kind of been all we've been drip fed is like horror birth stories women's legs in stirrups screaming blood everywhere and it all looks fairly horrific and terrifying so no wonder we're scared of birth because that's all we see. And mm. if we think it's going to be like that, it probably will be. Because as we know, our minds and our bodies are really connected. So what our mind believes, our bodies will often portray. So we really have to challenge that. And amazing that you've been doing some kind of hypnobirthing practice because really getting into that mindset is so important. And what I always, always say to women, it's important that I'm completely, completely transparent when we think about birth prep, we know the statistics tell us that in the UK, one in four women will have a cesarean birth. 
And I think the current statistic is one in eight will have an assisted vaginal birth. So there's no point in me saying to women, if you do, you know, this kind of practice and this kind of preparation for birth, you are guaranteed to have a completely comfortable pain-free water birth. Because I'd be lying because the statistics tell us otherwise, mm. but there's definitely things that we can do to make that kind of plan A birth, if you like, more likely. But also if we have plan B, C, D, E, F, plan Z, how can we still make sure that's positive? And I think that's the key because mm. I have a really strong ethos that absolutely every woman, when she holds her baby in her arm for the first time, should feel like superwoman. She should feel really proud, really strong and really positive and empowered, regardless of what that birth journey may have looked like. Mm. That was yeah. a long answer. No, that was good. No, I needed that. I think I need just needed a pep talk to be honest and they're so helpful because I I'd fallen into the same as Amy the last week or so I'd gone into anxiety mode and then I just had a bath the other night and read uh, a hypnobirthing book and was like ah and it's Mm. almost like that pep talk that you just need to reassure yourself that I think you're right we're naturally prone to think birth scary and I think we're raised as young women being taught that and for some reason and and then you just go no no, there's other ways of looking at it, but you you need that reminder. Like, I think I need flashcards or something to take in my <laughs> hospital bag or something. Or like, I love the affirmations. I want affirmations everywhere. Yeah, Jenny, pin those affirmations up around the room or ask your birth partner to read them out to you. Like silly things like that, like getting in your head. I always say, I'm I'm a marathon runner pre, pre-babies, not anymore. Um, but I always say birth's really similar. Like it's 80% mindset. You know, like your mind is so, so powerful and, and positive affirmations, pep talks to yourself, you know, get inside your head with all that positivity is so, so powerful. And then um, also, Amy, just what you said about the control thing. The other thing I always say is you are the birth boss, right? It's your body. It's your baby. Nothing happens without you saying yes. You are 100% in control every step of the way every decision, every movement is 100% you in control. Contractions mm. are happening naturally by your body and your hormones. So your your body's creating them. They're never gonna be stronger than you or out of control because it's your body generating them. So the control is always completely in your hands. Oh, that's good to know, I like that. Cause I think that was the thing. I think it was like, God, if these contractions just completely overwhelm me and everything I've been thinking or planning just goes out the window and I ruin it, you know, that kind of, I let fear take over or whatever, but that, no, that's good to know. Um, You've got this. Yeah. I hope this isn't too personal. I don't think it's too personal question, but I'm really interested, obviously being a midwife, Pip, and you've yeah. had your first baby. So you obviously learned all about giving birth before you did it yourself. When you did it yourself, how, how did it compare? Was it everything you'd sort of learn, everything you, and did you absolutely nail it? <laughs> So I'm going to big myself up here. I'm going to say I nailed it. Good. I'm going to yes. go there. I'm going to say I Good. nailed it. Um, so, but why did I nail it? So was it plan A? Maybe like A and a bit of B. It wasn't like completely the most straightforward thing in the world, but it absolutely wasn't complicated. Um, mm. I planned for a water birth. I had a water birth. It was lovely. It was generally the most incredible moment of my life. I look back at my birth with the most positive, positive memories. And I'm genuinely like, can't wait to do it again. That was amazing. I loved it. Wow. Um, Absolutely loved it. Enjoyed every moment of my labor and birth. Um, Thankfully, it wasn't too long. Thank goodness. How long? Um, And he was only two days late. What was that? Sorry, Amy. How long was it? 
Um, just over six hours. So not, wow. not bad going for a first wow. timer. Mm. I know. Raspberry leaf tea and dates. Thank Thanks. you, because I am eating so many of these and I hate them. And like, I'm forcing it down. And if you say it works, we shall keep going, won't we, Amy? Yeah, my mum's had four kids and we were on FaceTime last night and she went, what are you drinking? What's in that mug? I went, it's raspberry leaf tea. And she went, what on earth is that? I said, it's meant to be good for labour. I'm like, don't ask, I'm giving it a bash. <laughs> Give it all a bash. I loved it. And then when you're in labour, Clary Sage essential oil, get Ooh, sniffing that on that. a bit of... You got, got it. Get Ooh. sniffing that. I had it in a little diffuser around the room. I mean, Ooh. there's no harm in these things, is there? So, I mean, some of my colleagues were like, hilarious, Pip. Come on, that's not going to work. Well, do you know what? It bloody did. So I'm happy that's... with that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like it went really, really well. I had a little bit of hiccup in that my placenta got stuck afterwards. Um, so I needed a bit of help getting that out. <clears throat> but I absolutely don't dwell on that. Like, overall, I felt like it was really positive. And one of the, like biggest things that I was passionate about even before having my little boy Finley is women getting their babies in an optimal position in their pelvis for birth. I think it is like the game changer to having Amy more straightforward and a quicker labor. So definitely ladies think about optimizing your little one's positions like from now, because it, I think it really helps. And I think that was what was in my favor for not having such a long birth, like labor was that Finley was in a really good position in my pelvis. It's so funny you say that because um, I was just talking to Amy and at my last midwife appointment, I was told that my boy, he's ever so naughty, keeps throwing things in this whole pregnancy. <laughs> now I've been told at 38 weeks that he's back to back. So his back runs alongside mine, but he's head down, but looking out as opposed to the preferred option of looking in. So yeah. <laughs> my, my fiance thinks it's hilarious because I've been looking at like things to do to try and spin him. So I'm doing like upside down poses, some yoga poses and 30 minutes of a day crawling. And I was like, you know, you really get to the end of this long slog and then I've got to crawl on my hands and knees for <laughs> half an hour a day. This is a piss take now. But <laughs> is, is all that going to help try and spin him? A hundred percent. They are, the crawling is actually brilliant. And even just being on all fours. Um, what, what happens is, I should have got my doll off the shelf. Your um, baby's back is the heaviest part of their body and it moves with gravity, especially because they're in this like water balloon essentially in your tummy. So if you're like slouched back on the, on the sofa, in a chair, in the car, their back moves around to be back to back like your little one is now, Jenny. If you're in more upright forward position, so like all fours, cleaning the floor, being lent over a birth ball, all these kind of postures, because they're back to the heaviest part, then it moves around to the front with gravity. So I always say to women, try and ban slouching back on your sofa and your desk chair in like third trimester and those few weeks before birth and really think about being upright, bouncing on that ball, being in all fours. We used to say, um, clean your kitchen floor. So you're on all fours and you're kind of moving to get your baby in that optimal position. But stick with it. Let your partner think you're crazy, but it'll probably help. And we do crazy and, stuff. And how um, often does that mean? Because I know it's quite common, isn't it? Especially in first time mums, I was told that back to back is quite common. Um, how often is it that you will get a move and I, that it's likely that I might go in and he'll be the right way around? So really it's just trying to make it more of a habit. So any time, like don't spend like the whole day in all fours because <laughs> then you might get some strange looks, right? <laughs> but 
My dogs but... think I'm one of them now. <laughs> <laughs> when you start woofing, then we'll get really worried. <laughs> but, but like, if you if you think like in the evening, I don't know, maybe you sit back and you watch some telly, rather than sitting on the sofa, just put your ball out or do some yoga poses then and just try and get little snippets of that in your day. So when you're sat at your desk, rather than being like slouched back in your chair, just start leaning forward, just making that little, little habits, little changes. And then when labor comes, then be in all fours the whole time. Okay, great. <laughs> See, I wish I'd have known that going into the third trimester because I am a sloucher with horrible posture. So it's no surprise. So I think that's really important to know. Mm. Yeah, it's game changing because it means that your baby's head essentially is trying to navigate the birth canal, which is also known as your vagina, with the widest diameter. So it's just really unhelpful. They're putting a less even pressure on your cervix. It tends to not dilate quite so well. And you're just trying to push out something that's bigger. And mm, that's cool. never helpful. Um, so, but it's, but it's, not, it's not too late, Jenny. So do what you're doing and you'll absolutely stand yourself in some good stead for changing that. Thank you. It's like I said, Jenny, I know it's annoying because I, I had um, pelvic girdle pain quite early on and it was, it was really bad. And I started doing some YouTube exercises and I actually had like a, a, an NHS appointment and, and I did all those exercises and they did annoyingly work. I say annoyingly, cause you're like, oh, these won't work, but they actually did. So I think <laughs> it's, um, yeah, if you keep it up and sitting in child's pose, I, oh, I just could sit there all day. That's my favorite position. Like, oh yeah, that must I still help. love that now. Every day, I just could sit there for an hour. <laughs> You might find that's a position that you naturally go into when you're in labor, actually, Amy. I always spent a lot really? of time in that position. Yeah, I loved being on the floor. My poor midwives mm. were trying to like bring in nice, like comfy bean bags and couches and I'd do it for a bit and be like, no, just back to the floor. <laughs> the yeah. floor feels good. Yeah, well, from when I was doing the pelvic exercises, as I do quite a bit of yoga, yoga, but a lot of the pelvic exercises were sort of on all fours and like moving around. So I think that might have really helped. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. I, I feel so comfortable because it takes the weight off a bit as well. So yeah. you suddenly feel like it's just a massive relief. So I bet that'll help. And it's a great one for optimizing your baby's position because your pelvis Ooh. is as open as it can be and you're like as forward as you can be. So it's a massive win all, all for the child's pose. Yeah, get in that child's pose, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Honestly, it's um my floors are the cleanest they've ever been. Like it's amazing. <laughs> um another thing I wanted to ask you um at this point where we are in our pregnancy, we've been told we can start harvesting our colostrum. Mm. Now, this is something I'm definitely very keen to do. My baby boy has a cleft lip. Um, so we don't know about his palate yet. So we're not sure about feeding and possibilities. So for me is that I definitely want it harvested as a backup because it's highly likely he won't be able to breastfeed initially or it'd be hard. Um, but the whole thing, I'll be so honest, terrifies me more than childbirth. Bre like as in breastfeeding or just like feeding or colostrum harvesting? I think just the first, because the harvesting you've got to do yourself and it's the first time we'll experience something coming out of our boobs. And I don't know yeah. about you, Amy, but that, that, that really is quite terrifying for me. Yeah. I know it's so natural, but do you feel the same, Amy? Well, yeah, I think I'm more confused by it because they covered it in my, my midwife gave me a little kit. And then last week at antenatal class, they talked about it. And, and even after they talked about it, I was a bit, because she was like, oh, you don't have to do it now. You can just do it on the day. And I, if I'm honest, I felt a little 
confused leaving it. I'm like, so do I get it now or do I just wait till the day? So yeah, I'm a bit confused. So I'm a big fan of antenatal colostrum harvesting, which is like you guys doing it now in pregnancy. Couple of reasons. For, Je- for someone like Jenny, who, you know, you're trying to plan ahead, you know, is your baby going to potentially need to start off with special cleft tit- um, tits, teats, talking about <laughs> boobs, um, <laughs> special cleft teats, in which case it's brilliant if you can pop some of your colostrum into that so you're still balancing that, like, goodness um, without actually latching him to the breast until you get that all sorted out. Um, and then I also think it's great because nipple stimulation helps to release oxytocin, and oxytocin is one of those hormones that helps our uterus to contract and therefore labor to start, um, as does sex. So if you're still up for it at 38 weeks, that might also help you. Um, <laughs> but that's a side note for later. Um, so yeah, colostrum harvesting can help with that. To start with, you might not actually get anything and that's really, really normal. When your baby's born, your placenta comes out, you have this release of a hormone called prolactin. And when that happens, your milk kind of let down really ramps up. So if you don't get any antenatally, don't think that's it. I'm not going to have any milk. My baby's born because that's just not the case. Um, but it can be a nice way to prepare. Key points, I think, are do it when you're warm. So when your breast is warm, not when you're like they're freezing and your nipples are out. So when your boobs nice and warm, good bit of massage before a massage like right under your armpit as well, because you've got milk ducts under there. Yeah. And then you literally want to use your hand in a C shape. Put your hand just back from the areola, which is that nice dark area of your breast. And you're just squeezing and releasing in a C shape and seeing if you can see any little drops on the nipple and then collecting them. One of the things loads of women do is they kind of move their hand down the breast tissue. I'm trying to like demonstrate it, but I'm aware this is going to be audio. But they like move their hand down the breast tissue like they're milking the nipple. But there's actually no milk ducts in your nipple. So if you're just squeezing the nipple, you're not going to get any milk. Your milk ducts are much further back, which is why we say sort of go just behind that areola, rotate round, do some little squeezes in the C-shape, nice bit of massage, and just see if you get anything. Um, I totally get what you mean, Jenny. It's a very new thing, isn't it? Um, I had, I've got a friend who's pregnant and her husband said to her the other day, I don't really understand how it works because I can't see any holes in your nipples. So where does the milk come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't suddenly open up like a sink plug, but there is minuscule holes there that you can't really see. <laughs> okay. So, and they're, they're opening ready to go now. Yeah. So you actually start making colostrum from around 16 weeks, but you have this like hormonal balance that stops it just pouring out so that we don't just all walk around leaking everywhere in pregnancy. <laughs> wow. God, it's amazing, isn't it? Okay gonna have to give it a go when you talk yeah. about it it sounds so doable and sounds almost like okay I'm excited to give that a try but when you're sat on your own in front of the mirror it's very different isn't it the conversations you have with yourself in your head I find <laughs> strange at this point gosh yeah I remember we live in like a village that's got a dairy farm and when I was first feeding Finley I'd walk past the dairy cows and be like girls I know how you feel like I literally <laughs> feel like a dairy cow right now um <laughs> Yeah, it's really but, hard to but, imagine, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah. You get used to it and your and your nipples get used to it. But yeah, give it a go, Jenny. Let me know how you get on. I'm excited for you it. now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've had some um questions in pit, which we'll run through. Um Sarah Jane says, My baby doesn't feel like it kicks that much. I'm 16 weeks. 
what is it I'm looking for? And this is quite interesting, actually, because when I was waiting for the baby to kick, everyone said to me, oh, it feels like flutters. It feels like little flutters. And it never felt like that for me at all. It kind of felt like nothing and then just kicks. But I guess it's different for everyone, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Everyone is so different. I remember feeling like I had little fish just like bubbling away along my kind of pubic bone area. But it is really different to everyone. And what I would say is the normal time to feel movements is around 16 to 24 weeks. With your first baby, that tends to be on the later end of the spectrum. With subsequent ones, you tend to feel it a little bit sooner. And every woman will feel them at a different stage. So the fact that you potentially haven't felt any at 16 weeks, I wouldn't be worried about at all. That's completely normal. Mm. The really important thing that as midwives, we always bang on about with movements is once you do feel a regular pattern, take note of your baby's pattern. And that's super important because your baby's movements are one of the key indicators you've got as an expectant mum as to how your baby's coping inside. Until we have transparent abdomens, we can't see how your baby's doing in pregnancy. So we need to be keeping an eye on those movements. Now, if your baby is sick, they're unwell, they're not getting enough oxygen, the first thing they do is reduce or stop moving. And that's so that they can preserve that energy that they were using for their arms and legs to protect their vital organs like their hearts and their brains. So they're not gonna bother using energy to move because they're protecting those really vital organs. And that's why it's always so important that if you're worried about movements, even if it's two in the morning, call your local maternity unit. Please never feel like you're wasting anyone's time or like you need to wait. I always say there's no point me being up all night on labor ward if you're sat at home in bed worrying. That's what we're there for. So always, always give your midwife a call once you've got that regular pattern going. And can um, the placement of the placenta differ what you feel? So if, because I was told mine's on the back, so I may feel slightly more than someone who's on the front. Is that true? Does that have an effect? Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, completely true, Jenny. So your placenta is a bit like a big cushion. And if it's on the front wall, sometimes it's called anterior, you've essentially got this cushion between your baby's kicks and your tummy. Whereas if it's on the back, your baby's kicking sort of straight onto your abdominal wall. So you tend to feel them more prominently and a little bit sooner than someone that's got that cushion in between. Okay, so that's good to know. Because I think if you're maybe, so if you were worrying, but your, your placenta's on the front, maybe you could that's a bit more understandable is that right or no yeah definitely so it might be that with your placenta at the front you don't feel the movements as soon or you don't feel your baby move as much as maybe your best friend whose placenta's at the back but we can never tell for sure if your baby's movements feel reduced to you because of where the placenta is or because of another problem. So if you are someone that's got a placenta on the front wall and you're worried your baby's not moving as much, it's always better to be seen a hundred times and us not miss something, than just think, oh, it's because of my placenta and leave it. Okay, great. I do find that because it, it, it's lovely having, obviously Amy and I are expecting at the same time and we've got a few friends that we know as well that are similar to us. And it's lovely because you can have those conversations and go through it together, but it also, 
tends to sometimes make you worry because someone will go, oh, this happened to me. And you go, well, that has, has, hasn't happened to me yet. So is that, so it's, I guess it's always a case of just always consult the midwife, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's so true, isn't it? As women, we are so bad at comparing ourselves. Like we're so bad, aren't we? Like everything we compare to, well, my bump's this size or my baby does this or, and I'm guilty of it now. Like my friends that's baby, that babies sleep through the night. I mean, I want one of those babies because my baby does not sleep through the night. Um, <laughs> and it's really, really great to have that support network. And that'll be amazing for you guys when your little ones are here. But it is also really hard not to compare. I don't know how we improve that as women. I feel like it's in our nature. <laughs> Yeah, it is bad. It's a bit like when everyone said to me, oh, have you got really bad acid reflux? And I was like, no, I've not had it once. Should I have it? No, I don't want that. But it's bizarre, <laughs> it's bizarre how we compare like that. Um, Alice says, this is a really good question, actually. I was wondering this. My friend says I should get an epidural immediately. I want to see how I get on without first. How long do you have to make the decision? And when is it too late? I love that. I mean, what a friend, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've had people say that to me, just get an epidural when you get in there. And I'm like, um, I'm not... <laughs> I, I'm not well, I mean, and this goes back to our understanding of why we're fearful of birth, right? Because that's mm. what our friends are telling us. It's that bad that you need to just get rid of it straight away. Like, yeah. don't, even, yeah. don't even try. Um, so you can have an epidural up until any point in which you're going to get the epidural working quicker than your baby's going to be born. So it's not a case of like, oh, you're eight centimeters, you can't have it. That's not the case. But we can't give it to you as your baby's head's coming out, which is when a lot of people do ask for an epidural when their baby's head's coming out. And you're like, now it is a little bit too late. Um, but up until the point where, you know, you're just not going to get it in and effective quick enough to have any benefit, you can have an epidural. Oh, okay. Is that that point? Is that what they call, is it called the transition or something? The yes, good old transition. They want to give up, but that's when you're like, no, you're nearly there. Yeah, everyone wants to go home. They want their mum. I remember saying someone can just come and pull him out now. That would be fine. Um, and that's just this massive surge in adrenaline that you have. But it only lasts like five, ten minutes. And then you realise that no one is going to pull it out. And you, you can't really go home at this point. And then you have a baby. <laughs> and that really does mean you're close, doesn't it? Because I'm going to be clinging on to that. You're yeah. like super close, super, super close at that point. You are like, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. It's a good sign. Gosh. Because <laughs> adrenaline is, unlike oxytocin, adrenaline is something that you don't really want much of, right, during labour. So when that happens, you get that big surge of adrenaline. Is there anything we could do to lower that? Mm. One of the best things is if your birth partner can recognise transition for you. So if they've done some antenatal education or hypnobirthing with you, and they can say to you, look like, Amy or Jenny, this is that transition stage. This is where you're almost, almost there reconnect with that breath work look at something like get get a spot even if it's like a spot on the wall a positive affirmation get a song in your head distract yourself get back inside back inside your head get talking to yourself positively again and know that it really is five or ten minutes and then that adrenaline starts to come down but if you're practicing some kind of breath work that's a really good time for someone to really get eye contact with you get in your face and do some deep breaths with you just to kind of calm it all back down a moment and presumably, will the midwife know that you're in that transitional point? Because I feel like if they say to me, you're at that point, then I'll kind of probably naturally go, okay, well, I'm nearly there. Like, can they recognize that as well? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And it's something they're looking out for because they want to okay. get their gloves on at that point. And we don't like <laughs> catching babies out gloves. So <laughs> they'll be looking out for it too. <laughs> oh, when I see that glove going on, I'm going to be like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Get your gloves on, girl. Let's go. Jenny, love it. Jenny and I really want to do a what we call a Courtney Kardashian birth. I don't know if you've seen it or you're aware. It's where she pulls her baby out herself. Is that a common thing or is that I've only seen her do that literally <laughs> on an episode of the Kardashians? Is that normal? Generally, it's not because we do need to make sure when your baby's born that their shoulders are properly aligned and you need to be putting traction in the right place. So you can cause some birth injuries if you're sort of pulling your baby at the wrong angle or at the wrong time and you can end up with things like their shoulders getting stuck. So generally we advise letting the midwife or the obstetrician that's looking after you help you at that that last stage. That being said, I definitely delivered my own baby in the pool. But I'm a midwife, so I knew what I was doing. (laughs) So I have to kind of caveat that a little bit. How amazing though. That is really cool. Um, Alex Alex got in touch, a bit similar to what I was saying earlier, actually. Um, I'm really nervous about childbirth. I know it's normal, but worried it will affect the birth. I mean, I suppose we kind of covered quite a bit of that off, but yeah, mm. it's um it's again what can what can help really, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that comes down to antenatal preparation. So doing some good antenatal education and hypnobirthing. I teach my courses quite unique in that I inter- interweave hypnobirthing practice with antenatal education because I just think that's where it's most powerful so that you understand, you know, how you're going to have a positive forceps, how you, how you might have a positive cesarean birth, how you might have a positive home or water birth. But we cover all those aspects that way. Um, and I think once you realize that actually whatever happens, this can be really positive, empowering, that takes a lot of that pressure and fear away. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, that is yeah, it's, it's nice to feel like you're covered on all bases and mm. for any outcome you're ready and you know what your decisions are going to be and stuff like that. I've on my birth plan, I've put um, a lot of very specific things that I'm hoping for with the ideal birth, but I've also put, you know, like could change upon request or something like this. Just <laughs> so it's like, just please understand, I, I think I want this, but I have never had a baby before, so we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I love to call it birth preferences. I'm like, this is this is what we prefer to happen. But yeah. actually, we're open to X, Y, and Z. Should we take a little tangent from that? <laughs> Willing to discuss further. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. T- T- asterisk, asterisk. That's the best way to be. That is brilliant. Pip, thank you so much for joining us today. I genuinely feel a lot better. I think I'm going to go away today go over my birth plan read go back into my hypnobirthing and um mm. and get prepared but that was that was really helpful and your course sounds brilliant as well so um so we'll we'll direct everyone over there because i think that i think that will help a lot of us yeah absolutely and ladies if you need another pep talk before the big day just give me a shout <laughs> we'll have you on whatsapp you'll be on my facetime pip <laughs> oh. <laughs> always a pleasure always a pleasure <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pip. Pleasure. You take care and best of luck as well. If I if I don't hear from you for a pet talk before, then I look yeah. forward to hearing how it all goes. Thank, Thank you. you.